Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know about a special event coming soon. I'm going live. Join me and a special guest on Thursday the 17th as we discuss all things divorce, motherhood, and all the juicy details of my new relationship. Go to onlocationlive.com forward slash DND for tickets. That link will also be in today's show's notes. Welcome back to Divorce Not Dead. And today I'm super excited. I have Crystal Burkus, so who's joining me from New Jersey. And you're a divorce lawyer. Yes, I've been doing this for about 10 years now, which sounds scary to say when I say it out loud, but but that's what I've been doing. Having gone through um, a divorce quite quickly, actually, from start to finish during COVID as well, um, which was not the reason I got divorced. I was like, I want to hear from other people because I had a lovely, lovely divorce lawyer and she was great. And she was kind of like, we decided from the very beginning not to use two lawyers and we were going to share share a lawyer because I think, sorry, but lawyers like sort of, you know, cause more arguments than they, you know, because you're, you're, you're fighting for your, for your clients. So, you know, you go for the best deal for them, um, which isn't necessarily the best deal for the other one. And then, you know, tempers get fled and then it it becomes a whole thing. So anyway, my husband, uh, ex-husband and I decided pretty early on, we were going to share a lawyer. At the end of this, I just, you know, she had so many insights because she was kind of like saying to us, well, you know, I've had couples that have thought this way and this is what we did. And it was just so interesting. So it was my idea to sort of find someone like yourself. And I wanted to like know from you different things that you've seen or heard over the years or how you solve things or, you know, all these kind of anecdotes that you could maybe give us. And I'm, you know, super interested, especially you said you've been doing it for 10 years. You must have seen everything. And I presume I mean everything because in New Jersey, it must be another level of divorce. (laughs) It must be amazing. Yes. Yes. No. And that's interesting. And you bring up, I think a very good point. I think one of the first things that is very important for anyone going through this process is to find an attorney that they feel comfortable with. It's a different, it's a very different and difficult process that most people are not used to or expect. 
I think you would agree that no one really, you know, goes into a marriage thinking that it's going to end in, in divorce and that they're going to be going through that process. So a lot of, a lot of people don't know what to expect. There are things that they, and circumstances that they never contemplated or thought about during their marriage. And obviously the, the longer that they have been married, you know, they've become very accustomed to a certain type of lifestyle. And there's, you know, once you're divorced, there's all of these decisions and new circumstances circumstances that sometimes you need to consider that you never had to had to consider before so it can be very overwhelming and of course because it is such a a personal um, circumstance for for individuals um, it's very emotional as well so I think it's very important to to have a professional who's done this you know very often is familiar with the process and the issues that that might arise and can help you feel comfortable while going through that and sort of maintain a certain level of, of objectivity while going through it, right? Like attorneys are not as emotionally. I was about to say, take the emotion out of the conversation because it's very hard. That's why we often recommend to people to, to have an attorney involved because they can, they can take the emotion out of it or, or do their best to sort of help, help someone work through the emotional aspect of it while trying to keep you know, I, I hate to refer to it as a, as a business deal, but in some instances, in many instances, you know, especially if children are not involved, you know, it's even more difficult when children are involved. But in many respects, it can be sort of like like a business deal. It is like a business deal. I mean, I'm one of the things I hadn't thought of, or you know, when you're fighting in a divorce for yourself, you don't necessarily look at how hard it is for the other person too, who still maybe if it's you know your husband or you know whoever's paying for the children and this, and he's still got to keep up a lifestyle and then get another life. Right. So like, although you're going, well, I've given up my whole life. My panic was like, you know, my, my job's based on my look or whatever I do here. Not right now. Don't look at me today. Um, <laughs> you look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking, well, I'm 44. Like how long can, how am I going to work? And you know, what if it all goes tomorrow? And then I'm thinking, well, you know, he's only going to pay for however long it is. And then, but then actually I'm going, how unreasonable can I be? Because he's going to have to go and get another wife. And he's going to have to like pay for another whole life too. And, you know, I, so I'm just going to have to like suck it up and get back to work and work a bit harder and hope that this and, and hustle a bit longer because I can't really expect him to do more than he already is doing. You sound very unselfish about your approach to the divorce process, which is actually very, very refreshing because what happens naturally when going through this process is, you know, individuals are going through something that is uncomfortable. And I think when, when individuals are uncomfortable, it's very natural for us to want to protect ourselves. Well, it's like fight or flight, isn't it? Exactly, really? exactly. And we worry about ourselves and we want to protect ourselves. And so while doing that, we very often do not think about the other person. So it is very refreshing and comforting to hear you, you know, be very concerned about, you know, your ex-husband and, and the things that he he is going to have to be mindful of in this process. Well, he's super generous. I mean, the thing is, like, for me, there is a pot of money, there's a pot of money, there's a pot of money. It wasn't huge. It's not going to grow. It's only going to deplete with the fighting. Right. So like it or lump it, that's what was left. So you either keep fighting and what, I'm going to take two thirds of it and then he's going to be left 
hating me. I'll have no relationship with him. My kids, we won't get to have a holiday with him. We won't get to do all the things that I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do. And if anything, you know, with people the way they are, I'm not saying him in particular, but if you break a man, like really break a man, how's he going to go out and do what he has to do? And hopefully if you're good and you have a good relationship, if God forbid down the line anything goes wrong, really goes wrong with me, he'll come back and help me. You know, right, if right. I needed it, which hopefully I won't. No, and and I think that that is really a great approach to the process. As much as your marriage is a partnership and you both, you know, you set out at the beginning of your marriage to create this life for the two of you. And, you know, you did that for a period of time. At the end of the day, you decided that this wasn't working anymore. But the divorce process, you know, in a sense is a partnership as well. And you both need to work together. When you have three children... I don't believe in the word divorce. You know, divorce is very, very final to me, the word. It feels very final. It's like a death. You know, if you go to your children and say, we're getting divorced, they're like, oh my God, where's daddy's, you know, going? I don't see it as a divorce. Like it or lump it, he's stuck with me for the rest of his life, really. It's, I mean, vice versa. It's true. And I think a lot of people, when going through the divorce process, again, it can be very emotional and there's different types of emotions. There's fear, there's anger. And some people, when they approach it, you know, at the end of the day, they want nothing more to do with, with their ex. But that's very difficult when you share children because it's not possible to, to not be able to continue communication with them. You share children. You're going to have to make decisions with them. You're going to see them at, at future events, at the children's weddings and at graduations. I still have dinner with them. <laughs> but that's great. <laughs> I think that is an ideal situation. We don't talk about anything except what's immediately happening around us. <laughs> well, and I'm sure that will that will change too. You know, for you guys, it's a very fresh um, situation. But as time passes, you each will continue to move on with your with your lives and develop your own lives and talk about those things and share those things. I decorated his new apartment. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. I don't know many um, ex-spouses that would necessarily do that, <laughs> but that's that's great. I went over there the other day and he'd put all the art up all in the wrong places as far as I was concerned. So I took them all down, reshuffled them, put them back up. But that's good for your children to see as well, right? They want to see that their their mother and father getting along and still having a respectful relationship with one another. Don't get me wrong, we've had our ups and downs for sure. At the end of the day, as I said, my my long-term goal is to be holidaying with him and his new girlfriend whenever I can. Right, right. When whenever she she arrives. And and I think that that is great that both of you are at that point in in your relationship. I'm not sure he is. But we'll see. He definitely doesn't want to holiday with me and my boyfriend right now. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. But um, yeah, it definitely takes you know everyone to get to that point at a different pace, and I think that's what makes it difficult as well. Sometimes you have one spouse who, you know, has accepted the divorce, and and that's where the relationship is headed a lot sooner than the other spouse. And that can can make things difficult and, and lead to more conflict. Because I always think that the woman dictates how that all goes. If the woman is more zen, then it can go pretty well. Um, not necessarily. I've definitely seen um, the emotion come from both sides. Do you find it always about money? A lot of disputes are about about money, certainly, especially in relationships where the parties have been married for a longer period of time, because 
you know, you become accustomed to a certain way of living. And typically, you know, one person in the relationship might be responsible for maybe earning the money or being responsible for how expenses get paid. And they don't necessarily involve the other spouse in those types of decisions. So then at the end of the day, when you're in a divorce situation and, you know, the other side needs to be made aware of these things, you know, they realize that they've gone an entire marriage, maybe 10 years, 15 years, not knowing how a lot of these financial decisions were made and invokes a lot of fear because now, you know, there's a whole host of information that they're learning really for the first time. How do you separate things like that? If someone's been married 15, 20 years, the wife has brought up all the kids, what is she entitled to? What happens? Every state in the United States is different. And I'm sure, you know, the law in various countries is different as well. But, you know, first and foremost, we look at, you know, what are the earning capacities um, and earning potential for both parties. And then what have what has been the historical earnings for the parties during their marriage as well? What if she she never had a job? If she never had a job and, and doesn't have any work experience, then there's definitely going to be a significant support component for her. I've always earned, so I was lucky. But like if I wasn't me and I had never done this before and you're at 44, it's very hard to walk into the workplace and get a new job. Absolutely. And train yourself. What happens to a woman? Where do you go? What do you do? Right. How many years do they have to support you? Well, so there's a number of factors, at least in the state of New Jersey and in the United States, every state has their own laws as it pertains to that particular issue. But for the most part, you know, from a general perspective, um, a lot of the same things are, are considered. One of the big factors that speaks to that is how long the parties were married. If the parties were married for a long period of time and the spouse hasn't been working for a significant period of time, then they're going to be entitled to financial support for a longer period of time. In New Jersey, we we did several years ago, we had what was referred to as permanent alimony, but that recently changed. That's no longer how it's referred to. Um, it's referred to as open durational alimony because there are various circumstances under the law where a court would say it's fair and reasonable that um, the spouse who is providing the financial support shouldn't have to do that anymore. One such example is, you know, everybody at some point when they get into their older years is considered, it's considered reasonable for them to have the ability to retire and not have to continue working um, substantial amount of hours to earn a significant amount of income. So typically, at least in New Jersey, when, you know, that happens and a spouse who's supporting another reaches that reasonable retirement age, then that would be a circumstance where they no longer need to provide financial support to the other side. Then the other one's really screwed. But then you're right. The other side, it's like, oh. And that's why it's important to work together during the marriage as well. Do prenups really work if you go into a marriage and say, look, you know, I want to come out with what I had. And so that like, you know, on second time marriages, if you ever get married again, otherwise I don't really see what's the point of getting married again. If you've been through all this, if you got married again and put a prenup in and said, look, you know, I, I, I love the person I want to, to get married, but, you know, I want to keep everything that I had came into the marriage with. Is that possible? I think it's very helpful. And chances are, you know, if you're if you're heading into a second marriage, you know, you've been through this process the first time and you very likely don't want to go through the, the divorce process again. So you want to sort of get ahead of that if and when that ever were to happen again, you go through the process of entering into a, a prenup agreement because that really sort of lays out all of the circumstances and possibilities that would happen. You went through that divorce process again and it saves time and money 
at the end, if you were to go through the divorce, because you've sort of made those decisions ahead of time already. My whole divorce cost me £4,000. Caroline, that's amazing. <laughs> that, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite proud of myself. Very, very good. And my husband, to be honest, even though it was really difficult and we did have some real, we had some fights, but like it was never over money. It was never over money. He always said, you know, we came into it, we built it together. We were just, you know, we were good. That's but good. it was all the arguments were over kids and like, you know, who gets what, which house, you know, at the beginning, obviously, I think, you know, depending on who gets left, they lose everything, the house, the family, the like the whole thing. Right. Um, so what is the most common reason for divorce you get? The most common, usually there's disputes over, over money, concerns about spending, how much one side, one party may be spending over versus another, one party not being very forthcoming with finances and sort of opening their own accounts. Do you know what's so strange as well? Like now I look at it, I guess it was strange. I don't know. We were married 18 years, but I have no idea. I never knew what, how much money he had, whether he had a pound or a hundred million pounds. I have no idea. But, you know, that's interesting because... And you're not the first the first person to say that when going through the divorce process. A lot of women, um, it does t- typically, I hate to say that, it very often is the women who are the ones that, that don't know what has been happening with the finances. It can happen to men as well, but it, most of the time it, it is women, the spouse who is the one making the money and earning the money. They're used to being in control of the finances. So for example, in your situation, even though you might not have been aware of of everything that was happening with the money, it's important to have a spouse on the other side who's at least willing to share that information and sort of release that control a little bit in this process. And, you know, if if two parties have been married for, let's say, 20 years and they each have been doing their own thing with regard to the finances, meaning one spouse had no idea what was going on and the other spouse was totally in control, it's then hard when they're going through the divorce process to say, okay, well, now I'm going to release that control brings more of the emotion and and contention in the process. Isn't the financial worry, the financial part, the part that comes after the decision of the divorce? More than infidelity or like... Sometimes, uh, sometimes yes. And and sometimes, you know, spouses, when they try to get more information about the finances, the other spouse who's used to being in control doesn't like that the other spouse is sort of prying into that area, even though they're married and this is a partnership and technically you would think that both spouses are entitled to that information. There's more secrets in marriages than anything else. But that's, that's the, you know, that's what happens. That's what happens. That's what I've learned. That's what I've learned a lot of times. You know, I'm sure. Like, it's all true. All the secrets are between the spouses. Well, a lot of times it all comes out in the, in the divorce. How do you get to a point when you're dealing with people to make them happy? Like, how do you get there? Or, or you know, have you ever seen someone come into your office, start off wanting a divorce and then walk out going, this is too hard, we'll stay together? You seemed to go through the process very quickly and fairly easily, given, given the circumstances. Funnily enough, mine went quickly and easily, oddly, because I'm here. It was done in uh, English court over here. It was in Arabic, so it was very quick. Okay. Um, and the paperwork was done while we were in in uh, the pan- middle of the pandemic, so it was all done like this. Right. 
And so all we had to do was go for a 30-minute court thing. And they said something to me in Arabic. And I said yes. And he said yes. And then we walked out. We were divorced. Like, I was, I was petrified about the actual divorce and how I'd feel and whether I'd, you know, break down. But, I mean, because I, I think because I didn't understand what he was saying either. It didn't really hit me. It was like we were off for a coffee. Right. Well, so my, I guess my question is, did you and your husband decide... Um, all of the issues in terms of how you were going to resolve them before you actually were divorced? Or was that something that you did afterwards? It was all done in a, a formal piece of paper that we had to sign in the end. You know, obviously holidays and like how long he'll support me and all this kind of stuff. But it's again, it was fair. It was like, for me, it was like every time I panicked and obviously you panicked on your behalf, I, then I would say to myself, okay, you know, I've just got to to save better. You know, maybe before when I was, was married to him, I wasn't thinking about long-term future because I always thought he would take care of me. Right, right. But, you know, that's also not a reason to stay married, to be honest. A lot of times it's fear. It's fear um, and the idea of being uncomfortable, even though you're technically uncomfortable in the marriage that you're in, you would be even more uncomfortable if that marriage were over because you're presented with a whole new set of circumstances and decisions that you are not necessarily used to. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have to sort of get through that that hurdle or that challenge and, and find happiness on the other side. Many people do it. It's just it's it's scary at the beginning, I think. Yeah, I think if you can get through and get past that and not look too far into the future. When I look at my old age and go, where am I going to be when I'm 80? You're petrified. But then I go to myself, what, what does it matter? You know, what I've got a great group of girlfriends. At the very worst, we all live together, pool our money together <laughs> and have and make some sort of resort somewhere, <laughs> and, you know, which isn't that bad. Right. And, you know, at best I'm remarried, you know, again, but I'm, I, I'm also beginning to think that there's lots of love, you know, beautiful love stories and not just one. So, you know, and that's the way life goes, which is why if I ever got married again, I would do all this paperwork, have the party, enjoy life, just not look too far. Does it matter if it lasts five years, 10 years? Right. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment, but make sure you're protected. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Exactly. You know, I'm going to work way too hard to give it away now. That's for sure. Right. Right. It's really important to be able to have that choice, which is why, you know, I think divorce it forces you into uncomfortable positions, but it, you know, I've come out so much better the other side. Right. So much better. And how do you stop or how do you advise people to just so that these things don't drag on? Because it really can't benefit anyone from a, well, maybe the divorce lawyer, so I'm probably the wrong person. <laughs> If this takes years, some people it takes years. Some people it takes years and they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the process. And a lot of that money is money that ends up going to the lawyers, but could be either staying with the parties or could be benefiting their children. A lot of times at the end of the day, what the clients need to do is really do a cost benefit analysis. Um, You know, is it worth it for me to really continue? pursuing, you know, the argument and the continued negotiations? What am I losing by continuing to do that? Um, And sort of by weighing the benefits and the risks that helps people, I think, achieve some sort of resolution within themselves and saying, okay, you know, at this point, it's best for me, it's best for our kids to, to resolve this and and sort of put an end to this at this point. What's one of the, like, 
I don't know, the dirtiest divorces you've ever had to do? <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I can really get into any specifics because I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want no, anyone. No, no specifics. <laughs> can you, can you, I don't know, what can you tell us? Anything? You know, the, 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 stories? the crazy thing is that, you know, after doing this for so long, I feel, you know, you sort of, you see so much. How, how's it affected your relationship? You know, it's very interesting because, you know, especially in consultations when you're meeting clients for the first time, you hear about what some of the disputes are. You hear about what their issues were and problems they had with communicating or sharing information. And, you know, I would definitely would say that it makes me think how I communicate with my husband about certain things and the information that we share with one another. I feel like it does help me in certain ways. So it sort of lear- I sort of learn what mistakes not to make in a, in a sense or learn what's, what's helpful and what's not helpful in a marriage, I guess. So you've definitely got a prenuptial agreement then? No, actually. <laughs> what? I know. Everybody's always shocked. But I find that a lot of lawyers surprisingly don't. <laughs> for some reason. I'm I can't explain shocked. it. Can't ex- you spend all day sorting out I know. divorces. We met before I was a divorce lawyer, so maybe that was part of it as well. Okay, so are you horrified you don't have one now? <laughs> no, I think, it, I, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been married? Eight years in October. Come back on the show in 10. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> You're funny. (laughs) What other tidbits can you give people that are thinking to get divorced? Two important things is that if you have children, at the end of the day, you want to do what is is best for them. And you want to act in a way that you would want them to sort of look up to and, and be proud of. Not easy. And that's why hopefully if you have the right attorney um, who makes you feel comfortable and helps you to, you know, sort of cope with this process that can help you to sort of, you know, be your best self in a way in a, in a very difficult circumstance. And then I would say, you know, my second piece of advice and something to remember is something that I think you actually mentioned at the beginning is that think about what your partner is going through in this process as well, because that's essentially what you are asking them to do is to think about what you're going through, which is all well and good, but are you doing the same for them? And if you both, you know, think about one another um, throughout the process, then you will be more willing to work with one another. Yeah. And then you'll always be family. Like that's what the, that's what I've always tried to maintain and, or he has as well. And we've said, you know, no matter what, we're family, no matter what, I mean, like it or lump it, we're family. Who do you find instigates divorce more commonly, male or female? I think looking at it more from the from the perspective of what are the issues that cause a divorce and you know what is more common or not money and affairs yes <laughs> yes I would say money and money and affairs but again I wouldn't say necessarily it is that it's just tied to the men who acting sort of badly in that sense or versus the women I I've definitely seen it be more of like an equal opportunity across the board men and women completely agree with that I, I think men get a bad rap there are a lot of bored housewives all over the country too or you know it's it's very easy to sort of grow apart after children everything like this but it's um and and people have more time and phones yes phones and social media connect with anyone now anyone it's it's a whole nother world so I always wonder if people work hard enough at it it's not like you know does it always have to be the end 
Right, right. And and to your point before about, you know, when you have kids and you've been in a relationship for so long, you know, two people at the beginning, you know, fell in love with one another because of the individuals they were before they were married, right? And then I think what can sometimes happen, which I think there's a natural inclination that when you're married and you enter into this partnership, you sort of lose that individuality a little bit. But at the you same- You become somebody else, yeah. Right, but I, and so, you know, again, it's hard and easier said than done, but I think it's important to maintain a, that that level of individuality in a sense to the to an extent because, you know, that's what you both fell in love with, right? So you don't want to to lose that part of yourself you know, obviously the more enriched your relationship is, the, the, the healthier it will be and, and you'll maintain levels of communication and intimacy and all of that. You know, having been through it, it's, it's nice to see that we're doing quite well. You are, you are. A lot of people. <laughs> yes. And what the pitfalls are. And I, you know, again, you seem like a lovely divorce lawyer. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. If there, if there is such a thing. <laughs> um, but it is a bit like therapy too. Did you, have you ever had couples like us? That, that wanted to share one lawyer and just get on with it? Typically don't do it that way. We do do it where each side has an attorney, but then we engage actually a third attorney to act sort of as the neutral the mediator. mediator. Exactly. Um, and that we do very often. And I would say 90% of our cases are resolved in that way. Have I had the cheapest divorce? I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good, Caroline. <laughs> I will tell you. It, it is pretty close, I will say. Yay. I was thinking to do it online. <laughs> you probably don't want to do that but divorced no I need I needed all those things written down yeah no. yes. okay good so yay to me then so yes, um, you're doing good I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty happy and pleased with myself you've made me feel good about everything and I did think about him even though you know, it was hard at times especially hard for him and going through writing down everything we were going to get not get, but like, you know, split and do and fight over and like who was going to live in the apartment? Who who, who are the kids going to have, you know? Right. I actually genuinely didn't want him to come home to an empty home and not have the kids, to be honest. I was thinking, you know, h- how we could both live in the house. Like I honestly set out at the beginning thinking I'll live downstairs, he'll live upstairs. But obviously that's completely ridiculous and I'm a crazy person. But um, <laughs> Some, some people do do that. <laughs> Well, I'd have to at least have a house with another wing, I think, in a separate entrance. There you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, separate kitchens, separate dining rooms. But he does live. He does live bicycling distance away now. Oh, excellent, excellent. I mean, that's great for the kids. It's good for the kids, so they can maintain a relationship with both of you. Thank you so much. It's been very insightful. Loved having you on. Good. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. May I just um, advise you to go and get yourself a uh, prenup immediately. <laughs> and I know a good divorce lawyer. And <laughs> but thank you very much for sharing all your knowledge with us. Great. Thank you very much, Caroline. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 